Glory to Jesus Christ, and welcome back to the conversation with Bishop Brian Beta. On tonight's podcast, we're going to address the issue of racism in the church and how we can build more inclusive communities where all people feel welcomed. The question comes from an anonymous parishioner whose family experienced a racial incident at one of our churches. Responding to the question are Bishop Brian Beta, Father Warren Dungan in Saskatchewan, Father Michael Hayes in Kenora, Father Tom Rivna in Windsor, and Father Richard Sue, who is a fourth-generation Chinese-Canadian and whose parish is in Vancouver. Bishop Brian's response emphasizes the need for all of us to see ourselves as having the ability to combat racism in our parishes. We shouldn't just leave this up to the clergy and the parish council. He mentions our capacity to empathize with others' pain from the perspective of the wounded healer, and he offers the psychological insight that racism can be seen as, in part, a phobia. Father Warren's comments reflect his experience in the deep south of the United States and how we Canadians tend to see racism as an American problem. Father Michael in Kenora discusses the racism towards Aboriginal peoples that he witnesses on a regular basis in Northern Ontario. Father Tom touches on the very real aspect of the question of the identity of the Ukrainian Greco-Catholic Church and how racism is viewed from various vantage points in our church. Finally, our guest from the West, Father Richard Sue, offers some insight on the sin of racism, or ethnophilatism, as he refers to it. He also comments on the fact that the head of our church, Patriarch Sviatoslav, has called on our church to be open to all peoples, and including their pain and their suffering. We will now listen to their responses. Is coming. The, the person who's asking this question is is anonymous, um, and they they're remaining so because it's a it's a very delicate matter. Uh, but I'll read her, her her situation and her question. Dear Bishop Brian, thank you for taking my question. I am Ukrainian by birth and have attended church my entire life. I am married to a person of color. My partner was coming with me and our kids to church on a regular basis until someone in the church used a racial slur against him. He will no longer come to our church, as no apology was ever forthcoming. The racism that exists in our church has caused harm and hurt to other families in our community as well, um, including to a group of South American women who were turned away because they weren't Ukrainian. My question is not theoretical, but practical. What steps will the Ukrainian Catholic Church take to combat racism within its walls? How can we build a community that is truly inclusive, a community that Jesus would be proud of? 
very good question, obviously, and and uh, um, I, I'd like to be clear right off uh, the top: the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church is each one of us. So, my question that you know, what are we going to be doing? Is is a very strong we, i.e., what is she doing to advocate for her husband? What is she doing to address the individuals who did that or said that? How is she uh, inviting the priest or those who have some authority or directing the parish in some way? How are those decision makers, let's say, uh, informed about this so that they can do so? So, like, I, I wasn't there. I, I, I know some churches have it, some churches don't. When it's a little more, you know, cohesive uh, culturally, racially. I have been in lots of churches, uh, ours particularly uh, at the cathedral in Saskatoon, and we have a special group that reaches out to a native parish, a Roman Catholic native parish. This is just down the street from us, two or three blocks. And we have, you know, taken special efforts to learn about each other's culture, background, language, you know, traditions. And a lot of the, the injustice that has been suffered, uh, I think a lot of the churches in Saskatoon, such as the Chaldean Church, suffering persecution in their homeland and racism, uh, the Syro-Malabar Church in Saskatoon, suffering uh, a, a, a lot of Catholics suffering at the hand of other religious groups in, in India, uh, Ukrainians who suffered, uh, you know, a genocide, and have fled over the century, and certainly in the last, you know, uh, you know, 70, uh, 80 years, because of persecution, um, we know what it's like to be marginalized. And uh, I've shared with some of the natives, uh, you know, similar stories that they have. Uh, you, you had what they call the scoop in Saskatchewan or the residential schools. So basically, it was a program by the government to assimilate. And I said, um, we, in similar ways, have not only lost that, they took our food away. They made sure that we saw, you know, our children starve and our other children eat those children and eventually die yourself. I mean, and they took away not only our land or our language or our culture, but they took away our lives. They wiped off millions. Of Ukrainians and so per persecution is is uh, not limited to Canada or racism or whatever you want to call it so uh, I said I want to be reason I say that is I want to be the the wounded healer I want you to know that it's not like I have no idea what you're talking about to heal First and foremost, I think, is, is to know you're not alone. And, and when you, you feel persecuted in some way, shape, or form, to know you're not alone is, is, is very, very important. And then, again, like I've mentioned before, uh, as John Paul II said in 1999, Ecclesia in America, mm -hmm. encountering Christ leads to conversion, communion, and solidarity so we can refer back to that in a second 
The other thing I wanted to say about racism, um, you know, bringing it up to, to the bishops, to the clergy, to the parish council, all those things, um, it's, it's because of a certain demographic, I think, and, and uh, I, I would, from the psychological perspective, um, I'd like to see a show of hands here. Who has a phobia? Who suffers from a phobia? Now, it's difficult for me to understand someone who's deathly scared of spiders if I don't have a phobia myself. Okay? And if I have a phobia, why is this person so scared of spiders? Well, because uh, uh, you're, you're a claustrophobic and you're afraid of, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, you know. And so psychologically, I, I put the question in trying to understand the healing that needs to take place. In what way is racism, not all of it is, I get it, but in what way is it a phobia? How do we go back to this person who's always heard this, who's been told this, it's been passed down, it's been driven into them, it's, it's almost a cyclical and, you know, generation after a generation, a hate for another group. Look at Ireland. And that, that's more, you know, religion, of course. But I wonder to what extent these uh, racism issues uh, stem from phobia. I mean... I, I know people in the States who have a phobia and they paint everybody with the same brush because they got robbed by somebody. And so it, it might not just be another race. It might be men. I don't trust men, period. I was raped once. I don't trust men, whatever the case might be. You know, there, there is something that I think we have to address. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it uh, permissible, obviously, but it does help us understand where is this person coming from and, and how do we understand that? And I think that is to some degree the approach that Christ would take. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? He, you know, he, he approached the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees and he challenged them, you know, in their phobias of power or whatever it might be. He challenged them. And you have to understand to the extent that racism is a phobia. It's not just a phobia. I get that. It's, it's much more than that. But those are some of the thoughts that I, I, I had on that question. Uh, one, uh, what are we going to do as a community, as a church? I think we need to talk about it, dialogue about it, making sure that it's known, identify it one to another, identify it to people who are our leaders, i.e. parish councils, priests, bishops, etc., deacons. We need to do that and all be active uh, with it as well as understand some of the psychological, uh, if you will, uh, you know, uh, dimensions or, or, or uh, you know, uh, dynamics of, of something like that, which has persisted for centuries. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's something deep set psychologically about it, which, you know, has to be addressed. Thank you, Bishop. I thought I heard everything on racism, but you just opened my eyes in a few ways, so thank you. Um, 
so we'll, we'll open the floor now for um, some of our other clergy who are here. And I'll just introduce you guys again briefly. We have Father Tom from Windsor, who's originally uh, from uh, St. Demetrius Parish in Toronto. Uh, Father Michael Hayes is up in Kenora. And uh, he uh, hails also from the GTA, but uh, from um, St. Elias. And our, and our guest star on tonight is Father Richard Sue, who's out on the West Coast right now. And he hails originally from St. Demetrius and St. Elias. So he's, uh, so he's well known in the Toronto area as well. Uh, so maybe we'll initially open this up if Father Tom, Father Richard, or Father Michael wanted to add. And Father Warren is on. Sorry. Father Warren. So many, so many priests on the call. Sorry, Father. So, and Father Warren Dungan is from Saskatchewan as well. He's not on my screen here. I don't. And, and Terry the theologian. And Terry the theologian is here too, right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyone who wants to jump in and, and, and maybe comment on this as well. So I spent uh, seven years before coming back to Canada. I, I spent seven years in the United States in the Deep South. So I was in three years in Louisiana, four years in Alabama. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to know that there's so many people who classify themselves as not racist. And I'm sure every one of us might have that same inner voice that we might hear. Not me, Lord, not me. And uh, it, it was very challenging. It was really eye-opening. And I would actually say that we made a choice to return to Canada just for the very fact of uh, the struggles just regarding racism and reverse racism that tends wow. to happen. And um, it was very difficult. We might experience that in many aspects of our, our own country. Oh, you're not from here. You're from away. Or who's your daddy? You know, and, and if they can't kind of follow your lineage a little bit, you see some of that that happens. And uh, I guess I just want to throw in the ring, but I'll save some of that for the breakout session. It's just this issue of, um, it's not me. It can't possibly be me. I was just wondering with that incident in the local church here, <clears throat> were there no witnesses? Were they not called forward to, to help in reconciliation? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I can't answer that. And, I, and, and you know didn't happen in a vacuum. I, I don't know, Terry. I, I don't, you know, and I don't, I think, I, I'm not sure I want to get into the details of that situation. Uh, I don't think the person is on the call here, and I, and I don't want to speak for them. Um, oh, no, I know. Yeah. Okay. Even if we talk hypothetically, you know, sometimes it's, 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 uh, directed very much quietly at the one person just so that they can hear it. Nobody else really notices it. Or it's a gesture that maybe nobody else caught. So it, it can be pretty sly. Uh, yet at the same time, I, I, I think I agree. Like everybody, when they see that, they, they must name it and they must speak out against it. But uh, in, our, in our church, the um, uh, like uh, uh, were aware of it. And boy, didn't we hear uh, the sermon the other time, right? Mm -hmm. So we're very active about it. Father Michael or Father Tom, did you guys want to say anything before we go to the breakout rooms? I think one thing is, at least for our clergy, is to lead by example. Um, and for that, 
for me kind of hits home. Like I'm from the GTA and I'm coming to an area that's very different. And there's a large population of native peoples here. And they're, I'm sure Father Warren has a similar experience in Saskatchewan. And there isn't open racism. However, the, the, the slight, the uh, backhanded comments, things mutter under the breath, it's quite clear that there is a decent amount of racism, um, to put it bluntly, from white people towards the native people. And, and for me, coming and seeing this everywhere, parishioners and non-parishioners, to be quite honest, um, my first reaction is, okay, how can I lead by example? And then when the time comes, there will be times to, to bring it up in homilies, bring it up in bulletin things, and bring it up at, at a more uh, explicit level in the parish. But first, how can I... How can I act appropriately, to put it simply? I think here in the GTA, uh, while you're raising it, or such an important issue. I, I I live in you know I live in a black neighborhood, and I teach in a predominantly black school. So I think it's you know the black issue. But remembering that our country has a history of uh, you know really horrible things that were done to Native people. Even Bishop mentioned this as well, and that's something that we need to uh, come to terms with. And I think we need to do it as open and. In, in an open and mature way without getting our backs up. Um, Father Tom, did you want to? This is a very, um, I think this is part of a larger issue which uh, exists in any uh, ethnically centered church. I think it's part of a larger issue of identity and part of it comes from the, you know, I, so I serve in a parish which has a Ukrainian community, which um, is people who came after World War II, people who came in uh, later immigrations, uh, whether from Poland, Ukraine, um, I don't have any from Yugoslavia, uh, but then an English community, which is super intermarried, you know, very few, most of our young families are intermarried families, things like that. And to understand the two mentalities is, is where you have to lead by example, but in a way that helps both sides understand it. Uh, for many people who are speaking out, who, I, I don't know the particulars of the situation, but for, um, for those especially that came from Ukraine, there is a natural defensiveness because of what the church went through in the underground in Ukraine or in Poland where they were second-class citizens and they were not allowed to worship. Like my mother's from Poland. They went to the Polish Roman Catholic church. They were not allowed to worship in their own churches. Some of them were converted forcibly to Russian Orthodox churches. So there's that, but the part of the, the, the sort of the understanding of what our identity is, I think that's part of a larger discussion, and it especially comes up in the discussion about the Sabor this year. But that's a discussion that has to happen within our churches. What is our identity, and is it an identity that is 
different in some way, depending on where the church is in the world. Um, our patriarch loves to bring up that Father Richard Sue is the pastor of this unique parish in the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. And it's true. And that's something that needs to be part of the conversation where, you know what, our identity is not a church for Ukrainians. Our identity is not, you know, people who, you know, this one type of people, but our identity is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we're a Ukrainian church, you know, you know so we have, we have, we have this mixed identity and it's, it's a challenge to come to terms with that and listening to you speak and listening to Bishop speak. And I'm aware that we're all coming from persecuted communities. You know, what I grew up in the Jewish community and it was like, all I learned about was the Holocaust. I never knew what the Holodomor was until I came to St. Demetrius. And so I think part of it is education about how other communities have been oppressed and, uh, and waking up to that. So, uh, Father Richard, did you want to add something to the conversation now? Yes, um, I just, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy dealing with racism or speaking out, especially if you're the victim. You know, if people say something, uh, especially if they say it softly, like, do you pretend you don't hear it? Because if you, because if you address it, it's a huge deal. And you know, are they going to beat you up? Do you have enough muscles? Are there how many of them? And and are you alone? Or do you pretend it doesn't exist? And if you pretend, if you pretend you didn't hear it, then how many, you know, how many times are you going to put up with it? And are you really helping them perpetuate your own uh, oppression? So, so it's a very um, problematic and difficult thing to experience, uh, even when it's just a simple thing as a remark or a kind of a, even a nice stereotyping. Oh, you know, you must like, you know, this kind of thing. You look this way. Um, you know, people don't realize that my family's been here three or four generations. Um, kind of the most, ch- the only Chinese thing about me is my, you know, I still like the food. Uh, but the rest of it is, you know, don't speak Chinese, don't, you know, don't identify. Uh, and in, indeed, it wasn't until I visited Hong Kong about eight years ago to talk about Byzantine spirituality and our church and how, because the, the commission, the, the head of the commission for uh, the Roman Catholic Liturgical Commission of the Diocese of Hong Kong, he thought Byzantine Christianity would fit the Chinese culture better than Roman Catholic Christianity. Mm. So I went there, I talked about that, and it wasn't until I came back and made some friends and my cantor emailed me during the whole Umbrella Revolution or movement when the police were attacking the kids on the street who were protesting for democracy, that I kind of became involved, that Hong Kong had any kind of meaning for me. Mm. Um, so. So, you know, just the way you look, you can't escape it. You know, you may be nine generations and born in Iceland, but when people look at you, you know, how do they treat you? Uh, and people, yeah, and I think you mentioned, I think just to underline, Canada has a, has a, has a, has a history. I mean, we, we think of ourselves as kind of the Boy Scouts or the Girl Guides of the world, but we have this horrible um, 
history of racism against Jews, against Chinese, against Ukrainians, against uh, African uh, black people, against South Asians. Um, you know, and and I think in our, even in our church, we don't we don't realize that it, it's a heresy. It was condemned uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, by the I think Greek Orthodox Church, it's called um, philetism or ethnophilitism, um, and so theologically, it's wrong, not just morally. Uh, and I think uh, Father Tom mentioned this wonderful, you know. So because yeah, I have it's it's not really a Chinese parish, but you know it's Vancouver, so there are going to be Chinese people here. In fact, I went to this funeral of this famous Ukrainian lady. I forget she was an athlete. And, uh, and then her fa the family comes in, and I, I thought, oh, what are these like Asian people doing as part of the family? And I, and I remember, oh yeah, it's Vancouver. Somebody's going to marry somebody who's going to be Asian in Vancouver. Um, so my parish has all sorts of people in it, and their big question when they're catechumens is, will I be accepted? Do I really belong in this? you know, Ukrainian Catholic Church. And I'm really happy that Bishop Ryan said Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, because that, that really kind of takes it out of the purely kind of exclusivistic ethnic thing. And, and speaking of Father or Emilian Coach, his granddaughter is one of my parishioners and his son-in-law did the iconostas and we have an icon of him. And so there's a, a real connection with, because oh. I've heard anti-Semitism within our church. I've heard anti-Semitism within, with our, um, from our clergy. And then the question, even though I'm not the victim, the question for me is, do I say something? Do I make a big deal? Do I, do I, do I like break up the party by, by saying, hey, you can't say that, uh, you know, what do I do? And, and maybe just to close with, uh, Father Tom mentioned this whole, Kind of Chinese, so-called Chinese parish that that's here, because that's a big concern among those parishioners. Can I really belong? Are there anybody who looks like me in our church? Mm -hmm. And when I was in in Ukraine in in February, and I just happened to be, I was at the giving a retreat to the, the seminarians, and I happened to, I didn't know because they're on the old calendar. I happened to be there for their prasnik. And I'm sure you heard uh, Father uh, or Vladika's or sorry Blazhenishi's uh, sermon. So he's preaching wonderfully in Ukrainian, and I'm kind of not paying too much attention because it's all in Ukrainian, and I don't really understand. And suddenly he mentions my name, and I thought, uh oh, this can't be good. Uh, but then he says, he you know, in front of on TV. Um, on TV, uh, in front of everybody, all over Ukraine, broadcast on Zhvev Telebachina, uh, he says, you know, thank you very much for your, you know, here's one particular priest, example of our global essence, the global essence of our church. Uh, thank you for being here with us. He's the pastor of our Chinese parish. Not quite true in Vancouver, which belongs to the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Him being here shows that our church is global, never limited by borders, nationality, or ethnicity. Our church is 
Our church's community is open to all. This is our calling to globalism, to carry our light given the current circumstances of modernity. Then he really kind of uh, hits it, hits me in the heart. He's, he says, Father Richard, please convey to your parishioners in Vancouver that the Chinese are part of our church. Our church is a mother church for them. Their sorrows and their hopes for their homeland in Hong Kong. And I'm sure you've heard on the news how, how, the, how the People's Republic of China is basically imposing dictatorship on Hong Kong. Oh. Their sorrows and their hopes for their homeland in Hong Kong is a part of our concern and our prayer. Please convey to them the, the heartful embrace of their mother church from Cato. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight to the conversation with Bishop Brian, Father Warren, Father Tom, Father Michael, and our special guest, Father Richard Sue. These conversations are ongoing and they happen every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. To get in on the Zoom call or to submit a question, email me at sgmetanoia at gmail.com. I'm Subdeacon Sean, signing off from the conversation. Good night and God bless.